Welcome to the third season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. This ministry is here to teach you Bible truth. Teaching truth allows you to grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. I sometimes read entire books in the Bible so you can know the story, not just the scripture. I also teach a series about a certain subject, so I want you to invite family and friends. Get your Bibles, grab a pen and paper so you can take notes. Now sit back, relax, and learn Bible truth. Good day, saints. Today is Saturday. We are in uh, the year 2022 and the 25th of June. I am your host. I am your teacher and I am the founder of Learning Bible Truth Ministries, Dr. Kamala D. Now I have been playing a, a series that was taught by the late great apostle or Dr. Frederick Casey Price Sr. back in the year of 1997. The series was entitled Race, Religion, and Racism. And last week, I shared an episode taught by Bishop Freddie Caldwell Sr. from the Greenwood Acres Full Gospel Baptist Church entitled One Blood. And you guys have responded tremendously about that. See, Fred Caldwell, or shall I say Bishop Caldwell, I've been listening to him for over 35 years. He is very simple. Even your child can understand his teachings. But uh, he and, and Fred Price were friends. And I can tell you this, both of them are, are my brothers in Christ. Now, of course, uh, I hate mentioning this, but of course, uh, Dr. Price has gone on to be with the Lord Jesus, definitely in a place I, I, you know, a lot of us yearn to be, especially with the evils going on in this world. Attention is on everything but Jesus, my Lord. But I hope this day finds you and your family well. Now, today I am going to play another excerpt from this groundbreaking series entitled Race, Religion, and Racism by, um, uh, Dr. Frederick Casey Price, and um, it, it's getting very interesting. It truly is. So um, you may hear some breaks in this episode because I'm going to edit out a lot of the repetition, and I want you to sit back and listen to this Bible truth. That's what I love about Dr. Price. He share Bible truth, and he break it down to where you cannot misunderstand it. So saints, just put on your listening hats. I pray that God gives you the understanding and hopefully with me editing out a lot of the repetitions, uh, you will enjoy it even more. So sit back and relax. In the book, Boys in the Hoods, by Johnny Lee Clary, Numa Life Publishing, Clary is C-L-A-R-Y, publishing copyright 1995 by Johnny Lee Clary. On page 169 and 170, Johnny Lee Clary, former imperial wizard of the KKK, now an ordained preacher of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
makes this observation. I quote, Since many theologians and historians have mistakenly concluded that Ham was the father of the black race, many white Christians were led to believe that this curse extended to all people of Negroid features or African descent. Motivated by a white supremacist-oriented society, some white Christians developed an erroneous and unfounded theory that implied the blackness of skin tone in Africans resulted from the curse Noah imposed upon his grandson Canaan. Some white clergy, now get this, get this, some white clergy and Christians alike use this particular biblical passage emphasizing the issue of servitude to validate and sanction slavery, racism, exploitation, oppression, terrorism, and every other cruel and evil deed and inconceivable wicked act against blacks. End of quote. Quoting again, the sad commentary. Now, again, I, I emphasized this last time, but I want to reemphasize it because I want you to get the picture and be sure you understand. Remember now that a part of my assignment in this series is to ferret out to discover the root system of racism so that we can, as the body of Christ, destroy those roots. Because no matter how many times we cut the lawn and no, no, no matter how many times we trim the trees and cut back the hedges, given time, it'll all grow again. Unless we uproot the thing that gives it life. Racism has life in it because of the root system that were planted so many years ago. And a part of what I believe God has directed me to do is to go in and find out and expose for people, both in the body of Christ and out, out of the body of Christ, the thing, the root system that causes this racism, racial and color and ethnic prejudice to continue on. And so what's important about this is that we're not reading from the pen of an angry black revolutionary. We're not reading from the pen of some black cult leader. We are reading from a white man who was formerly in one of the most racist organizations on planet Earth, the Ku Klux Klan, and is now a minister of the gospel, and then being white, he would be privy to the mindset of the white community. Quote, the sad commentary to all of this was the fact that the cursed theory was started by white Bible-believing Christians who in turn introduced this theory to the rest of society. End of quote. These are indeed sobering words. Also bear in mind, again, as I said a few moments ago, we're not reading from the pen of an angry black accusing whites of racism, but from whites themselves. Let's look at one more 
reference. Also from a white man. In the book, Two Nations, Black and White, Separate, Hostile, Unequal. That's the title of the book. Two Nations is the title. The subtitle is Black and White, Separate, Hostile, Unequal. By Andrew Hacker, Professor of Political Science at Queen's College. Copyright 1992 by Andrew Hacker. On page 23 and 24, Professor Hacker states, and I quote, However, most white Americans interpret the African emphasis in another way. For them, it frequently leads to a more insidious application of racism. As has been reiterated, there persists the belief that members of the black race represent an inferior strain of the human species. In this view, Africans and Americans who trace their origins to that continent are seen as languishing at a lower evolutionary level than members of other races. Of course, now, now pick up on this now, this be a white man telling off on the white folks. Now please understand that if you're new here and you're just visiting, I know I can sound very caustic and, 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 uh, and um, sarcastic, but I'm not. It's just simply to, to, to bring all this stuff out in the open. It's not pleasant, but don't take it personally. Africans and Americans who trace their origins to that continent are seen as languishing at a lower evolutionary level than members of other races. Of course, this belief is seldom voiced in public. Still, the unhappy fact remains that most... Now this is awesome coming from a white professor. The unhappy fact remains that most, say most, most white people believe that. Compared with other races, persons with African ancestries are more likely to carry primitive traits in their genes. Given this premise and prejudice, the presumption follows that most individuals of African heritage will lack the intellectual and organizational capacities the modern world requires. Most whites, white man speaking now, again, understand this, this be a professor, okay. Most whites who call themselves conservatives hold this view and proclaim it when they are sure of their company. End of quote. From a professor of political science, no less. I hope you, black and whites, are hearing me. Over and over and over and over, we have been confronted with this idea of black, ham, and curse. It seems that from the point of view of both Christians and non-Christians alike, blacks should have been and be treated the way they have and are treated just 
because they are black. The justification for all of this has been the so-called curse of Ham. I want us to examine this curse of Ham idea in detail. I've referred to it all the way through as we've been dealing with this, but I want to look at it a little more closely. In particular, we want to look at verse 25. So turn to Genesis chapter 9, ninth chapter of the book of Genesis. Because between the, the curse of Ham and the curse of Cain, the brother that killed his brother Abel, black folk are cursed. And in other words, the skin color, black is a curse. So that justifies us being mistreated, maltreated, enslaved, and treated like dirt. All right, in Genesis, in fact, let's begin reading at verse 18, Genesis 18, uh, Genesis 9, chapter 9, verse 18. Now, the sons of Noah who went out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these the whole earth was populated. Oh, either replenished. And Noah began to be a farmer, and he planted a vineyard. Then he drank of the wine and was drunk, and became uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a garment laid it on both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away and they did not see their father's nakedness. So Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done to him. Then he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants he shall be to his brethren. And he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth and may he dwell in the tents of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. And Noah lived after the flood 350 years. So all the days of Noah were 950 years, and he died. Now go back to verse 25. Then he said, talking about Noah. I want you to get this, verse 25. Then he said, this is Noah. Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants he shall be to his brethren. Now this is extremely important. Let me read it again. Then he said, this is Noah, then he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, he shall be to his brethren. What is conspicuous in his absence is the mentioning of any of Canaan's posterity. Not all Canaan's relatives and friends is dog, hog, and frog. This is very important. Listen, cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, he shall be, not his posterity shall be. Not all that come from his loins shall be. Just he shall be. 
In other words, there's nothing mentioned about any of Canaan's descendants being cursed. Noah pronounced the curse. Now, pick up on this. Noah pronounced the curse. Not God pronounced the curse. Amen. Oh, you missed that. Noah pronounced the curse. Not God pronounced the curse. Noah pronounced the curse on Canaan and not on his future relatives. There is also no indication that Noah, having awakened from his wine, pronounced the curse on Canaan at the behest of God. In other words, it doesn't say God said to Noah, Noah, curse Canaan. It doesn't say that. I want that to sink in. It appears to be Noah's reaction to the situation and not his on behalf of God. Again, I want to point out that there is nothing mentioned about the curse being a perpetual curse on all of Canaan's descendants forever. This curse of Ham thing, in fact, is a misnomer. Anyway, because Ham was never cursed. Screwed up. Let me also point out to you something else. Look at the 24th verse. It says, so Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done to him. Now, I have a question for you. If I said my younger son, in other words, if you didn't know me, and let's say we met, you know, at the airport, we're sitting there waiting for an airplane or whatever, and we got to talking and we got to talk about families and stuff, and, and I said, my younger son did thus and so. What would you draw from that statement, my younger son? Well, what would that tell you even though I didn't say it? Yes, I have more sons, but I'm telling you about my... Now, what would younger... What does the word younger mean? Youngest. Now notice verse 24. Everybody read verse 24 again. Read verse 24 again. Every, out loud. Everybody read. It says Noah, when he woke from his wine, and knew what his what? Well, see, that couldn't have been Ham anyway because Ham wasn't his younger son. Ham was his second son. He had another son that was younger beside Ham. But these racists have been trying to make our color a curse. And, of course, we already know it would have been impossible for Noah to curse Ham. Why? Simply because of Genesis 9-1. Look at that. Genesis 9-1. I mentioned this before, but I want to mention it again in passing. Genesis 9-1, so God blessed Noah and his sons. <laughs> well, Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. If he had three sons and God blessed Noah and his son, don't that tell you that he blessed all three of the sons? Well, if God bless Ham, how could Noah curse him? 
What man can overturn the blessings of the Almighty? Just think about that. Now, if God blesses, man cannot curse. Not even a man awakening from a drunk. The Bible principle is stated in Numbers 23, verse 8. Let's go there. I think we looked at this once before, but moving on to the next area that I want to deal with. This is uh, connective, so I want you to see it again. Because we've all heard about this curse of ham thing. We, we need to get this other stuff in our spirits. It's like we've had this curse of ham thing. Because that's what we've been told, but it's unscriptural. It's not biblical. It's racist, not biblical. All right, Numbers 23 and verse 8 says, this is, this is Balaam who was hired by a king named Balak to curse Israel. And Balaam says, how shall I curse whom God has not cursed? And how shall I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? Now, Look at the, in that same chapter 23 of Numbers, look at verse 16. Then the Lord met Balaam and put a word in his mouth and said, Go back to Balak and thus you shall speak. So he came to him and there he was standing by his burnt offering. And the princes of Moab were with him. And Balak said to him, What has the Lord spoken? Then he took up his oracle and said, Rise up, Balak, and hear. Listen to me, son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. <laughs> and neither can the clan. Now, I want to point out again the fact that there is no evidence that God wanted Canaan cursed. It was strictly Noah's doing. I think it is also important to note that the scriptures do not say <laughs> that the curse was blackness. He didn't say anything in there about blackness being a curse. Or slavery. It said a servant didn't say a slave, that Canaan would be a servant to his brothers. Didn't say he'd be a slave to them. <laughs> now, uh, let me interject here because I want to make it clear. Uh, Canaan only had three brothers and Ham only had two. And uh, it doesn't matter what Noah said, it still didn't go beyond them. It never, that, that so-called curse that um, Noah placed on Cain and he couldn't place it on Ham because God had blessed Ham and Ham was born black. But if you listen in detail, that's why I love Fred Price. He is very detail oriented. It doesn't go beyond Canaan and his brothers. His brothers are three. He has three brothers because Ham had four sons and Ham had two brothers, Shem and Japheth. So if he was going to be, and when I say he, I'm talking about Canaan. If Canaan was going to be a servant to them, not a slave, a servant, it was just to them, not their posterity, not their descendants, because God had, has blessed all of Noah's sons and their seeds. If you listen to uh, 
Bishop uh, Freddie Caldwell's message, One Blood. He talks about blessing all three of, of Ham's, not Ham's, but Noah's son's seeds, his seeds after them. So I don't want to go off on this too, too much because this, this stirs my blood. So let's resume. Different than a servant and a slave, if you didn't know it. Let me clue you in. <laughs> huh? I said it, let me say it again. The scriptures do not say that the curse was blackness. Only the racists say that. Only racially prejudiced people say that. The Bible doesn't. I challenge you. I'm on nationwide television. I challenge every racist promulgator of white supremacy. I challenge you on nationwide television. Show me the scripture that says that cur the curse, Noah curse or God cursed Ham and the curse was black skin. If you show that to me, I'll eat the page on which it's written in the Bible publicly on nationwide television. It's not in there. It's, all, it's in their minds, not in the book. Let me read it again. Verse 25, and he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants he shall be to his brethren. Notice that it does not say slave to the white man forever. <laughs> and it doesn't say that, saints. It doesn't say it. Notice that it does not say slave to the white man forever. Now, I did a little checking and I found something extremely interesting. Checking. And I found something extremely interesting. Did you know that there are approximately 203 verses in the Bible where the words curse, cursed, cursets, C-U-R-S-E-D-S-T, curses, with an S, curseth, C-U-R-S-E-S-T, curseth, C-U-R-S-E-T-H, these are old English words, that's why I had to spell them. Cursing and cursings are found. Those words or derivations, 203 times are they found from Genesis to Revelation. I studied, that's why y'all got to stay awake. Because, see, I studied every single one of them. Everyone, all 203, every one of them, 203, very closely, and I did not find one reference to a man or men or a group or nation of men that was eternal or perpetual 
leaving no possibility of ever being lifted. Not one of even greater interest is the fact that the cursing of Canaan is found in the book of Genesis, which is the book of beginning. It's the first book in the Bible. Get this now. Get this now. Better known as the first book of the law. Say law. law. The law meaning God's law. Why is this important? Because if a curse was pronounced upon a man or men that could not be lifted or circumvented, then God's word would be compromised. Why is this so? Simply, follow this now, simply because God knew in eternity past that he was going to send Jesus Christ to redeem mankind. Included in that redemption is redemption from the curse of the law. Pick up on this now. Any curse pronounced during the time of the law is lifted in Jesus Christ. Turn to Galatians chapter 3. Another church can't use this anymore. It won't fly. That dog won't bark. That bird won't fly. And that fish won't swim. 13. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So I'm redeemed from the curse. I don't care what kind of curse. I believe this refers to any curse. If we are redeemed from the curse of the law, then we are redeemed from all of the curse. That means that, oh, pick up on this now, that means that if slavery was a curse of the law and now through Christ I am redeemed from the curse of the law, then I am redeemed from slavery. So I don't have to be a slave no more, no how. If, oh, get this now, if blackness was a curse of the law, then I'm redeemed from blackness. <laughs> So I don't have to be black anymore. Woo! Now, the question is, that, 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 the, quest, the question is that before I was cursed black, I wonder what color I be. I 
mean, if I was black already, how could I be cursed black? <laughs> I mean, I just, I, 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 Mommy, I mean, the irony of it. You know, I'm, I'm just wondering what color I was before I was cursed black. Maybe white, brown, yellow, red. Interesting question, don't you think? At this point, I think it's safe to say that the ham thing, the black thing, the slave thing was and is, was and is one gigantic sham. Now, go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. I know most of you know this by memory, but I have a point I want to make, so I want, it, I want you to see it. I want you to eyeball it with me. As I said, I think at this point it's safe to say that the ham thing, the black thing, the slave thing, the cursed thing, all that garbage is just one great big sham, a game, a smokescreen, better known as garbage. And for you more sophisticated and erudite and scholarly people, that just means garbage. John chapter 3 verse 16 says, For God... So love the world. If blacks are cursed through him, then God loved the cursed. Because it says God loved the world and didn't leave anybody out. All of that mess is a bunch of foolishness. It's racism, racial and color and ethnic prejudice. Ah, I want to move on to another area of religion that in recent years has gained much public attention. The issue of Islam versus Christianity. This is where it gets interesting, saints. Just hold on to your seats. Now, before I get into this, let me preface my comments, my teaching, by saying this. I've said it all the way through the whole series, both through race, racism, and now religion, that is not, this is not personal with me. I'm not out to get anybody. White folks, black folks, brown, red, yellow folks, the Dake folk, the Mormon folk. Nobody. I'm not out to get anybody. I'm out to expose the truth as best that I can understand. And so I know that this, this may be a challenge for some people. But if you have any relatives, 
brothers, sisters, cousins, aunts, uncles, friends that are on the fence. They're kind of fed up with Christianity and its racism. They're kind of fed up with Christianity and its hypocrisy as demonstrated in this society. And they have been wooed by and they're leaning towards Islam because they 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 view it as something for the black man. They they view it as something whereby there are those that seem to have an interest in them as black people. And so they're in the valley of decision to leave or not to leave. That is the question. Now, my purpose here is not, and see, I, I got a lot of, at least they tell me this, I run into them everywhere. Uh, the brothers at the corner selling the papers uh, on Friday with the bean pies in one hand and the paper in the other. And, and they, when they see me in the car and they recognize me, they'll say, I, I watch you every week. Watch you, is that right? When we went down to the Black Expo, I mean, some of my best friends seem to be Muslim, black Muslim. And uh, I want it clearly understood. It is not my purpose to put anybody down it's not my purpose to, to find fault. What the Lord has led me to do is what I would refer to as a consumer's report. A comparative analysis of Christianity and Islam. I'm not going to tell you to join or not to join. I'm not going to tell you to become or not to become. I'm not going to tell you not to leave Christianity and go to Islam. I'm not going to tell you to leave Islam and go to Christianity. That is not my purpose. That's your decision. But I absolutely positively guarantee you that the information that I'm going to share with you from here on, that most black people in America and most Black Muslims do not know what I'm going to share with you. My purpose is simply to give you an alternative. You cannot make a decision in the face of a lack of knowledge. You cannot make an intelligent decision if you don't know what you're deciding against and if you don't know what you're deciding for. You have to have the facts at hand to make an intelligent decision. Okay? I'll be the first to admit to you that there's all, there is a lot of garbage in the so-called church. I've covered it already in race and racism. We know that. There are a lot of things that need to be fixed. And only the white segment of the church can fix it. Because they're the one that broke it. So they got to fix it. Now that's just a fact. We have read enough garbage here to make you sick for 17 lifetimes. Okay? But I'm going to, I want to share this because I'm concerned about blacks that I see leaving or thinking about leaving Christianity. 
You see, Christianity is not white folks. Christianity is not black folk. Christianity is not brown folk. Christianity is not yellow folk. Christianity is Jesus Christ. And he hasn't hurt anybody. So, I want to be sure that you're armed with all of the relevant information so that you can make an intelligent decision about whether you're going to leave Christianity and go to Islam. Because I guarantee you, the stuff I'm going to share with you, you don't know. And, and most Muslims don't know. I'm talking about most Muslims born in Muslim countries don't know this. Because Muslims are just like, and this is not a criticism. And you have to be careful because Muslims don't like to be criticized. They don't mind criticizing you, but don't you dare criticize them. In fact, most, in most countries, you criticize Islam, you go to jail, prison, or death. Ain't no Mr. In-Between. Well, that's how crazy they are. But they don't mind criticizing Christianity. But most Muslims are just like most Christians. They don't read their own holy books. They go by what their teachers tell them. And so if the teacher's flawed, then the student will be flawed. But the student will never know they're flawed because they've never checked it out with their holy books. But we're going to be examining all the holy books. We're going to be comparing the Bible with the Quran. Then we're going to deal with some books you ain't even heard about, don't even know, and a lot of Muslims don't know about. The Hadith. We're going to be checking it all out for only one purpose. Not to criticize, not to find fault, but to compare form and so does God and that's why he's given me this assignment because up to now ain't nobody told you this not 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 what I'm gonna share with you so this is not an attack against anyone if you take it that way that's your problem I already said it, but I want to reiterate it. It will not be my purpose to attack, belittle, or accuse any group or person or persons. My purpose here will be to examine these two world religions from a comparative point of view. It will be my purpose to present to you factual, historical, and documented information so that you will be able, as I've already said, in the confines of your own heart to decide whom you will follow. We will be looking at the chief proponents of these two great spiritual forces. It is my intention to let each proponent speak for themselves, vocally where that is possible, and through their writings. You will have to be the final judge, not me. There has been for some time now in the black community an exodus of young black men from the community at large and from the church in particular into the nation of Islam, better known as the NOI, under the dynamic leadership of Minister Louis Farrakhan. Why? In his book, Inside Islam, by Reza F. Safa. Reza is R-E-Z-A, F like in Fred, and Safa, S-A-F-A, who for all his religious life lived as a Muslim in the Middle East until he came in contact with Jesus Christ, the son of the true and living God, 
and was called to preach the gospel of Christ, makes a statement on page 58 and 59 that I think adequately answers our initial question. Quote, in America, many churches are still struggling with the issues of prejudice. The church remains fragmented in this area. Many churches have pulled their forces out to the white suburbia rather than deal with the issues confronting America's ghettos. The church remains segregated. White congregations have few African-American members and black congregations have few white people in their congregations. No wonder Farrakhan preaches that Christianity is a white man's religion. Where did he get that? From the Bible or from the lifestyle of us Christians? Farrakhan addresses the needs of the black man in America. Many young African-Americans are searching for their identity in a society flooded with racism and rejection. Many of these young kids have grown up in neighborhoods infested with drugs, crime, gang violence, and poverty. They have no positive role model or father figure to follow. They're involved with gangs and crime because they are craving acceptance and worth. Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam are giving that to them. This is why the NOI and other Islamic groups are especially successful in American prisons. End of quote. Unfortunately, these are facts that cannot be denied. As an aside, did you know that there are more Islamic groups in the United States than the Nation of Islam, although they seem to get all of the press coverage. Before I did the research on this series, I didn't know that. There are, besides the Nation of Islam, the five percenters, Ansar Allah, Islamic Party of North America, Dar ul Islam, and Islamic Brotherhood, and the Hanafi movement. All of these are Islamic groups in America. Most of you didn't even know that. You thought it was just the nation of Islam. Let me give you that again. The five percenters, Ansar Allah, that's A-N-S-A-A-R, Allah, Islamic Party of North America, Dar, D-A-R, U-L hyphen I-S-L-A-M, Islamic Brotherhood, and the Hanafi movement, H-A-N-A-F-I. Now also, please, my, my Muslim brothers, please understand that I am not a Muslim. Consequently, I may not know all of the right and proper pronunciations of these words, and I would never insult you by mispronouncing anything. I'm doing the best I can with my limited ability. This is the way it looks to me. Okay, so if I mispronounce a word, and you know that the word is something else, don't get on my case. Just pray for me. No, he's ignorant. He's doing the best he can. Okay? No hard feelings. Now, I want us to look at the Bible. Listen to this now. I want us to look at the Bible, the Quran, the Hadith, Jesus, Muhammad, Elijah Muhammad, and Louis Farrakhan to see what they have to say about themselves and what they have to offer. As an African-American and a Christian, I'm very concerned about the impact that Islam is making upon people of color today. 
it appears that many blacks are leaving traditional Christianity for Islam because of the perception, say perception, of the perception that Islam is the black man's religion. I think that is important. It is important for all Americans or African Americans to know the truth about Islam and in particular about the nation of Islam under the leadership of Elijah Muhammad and Louis Farrakhan. Christianity is Jesus Christ, not Christian. Islam is Muhammad, not Elijah Muhammad or Louis Farrakhan. Did you get that? Christianity is Jesus Christ, not Christians. Islam is Muhammad, not Elijah Muhammad or Louis Farrakhan. Let's look at what they say about themselves and or about each other. First of all, let's look at the teachings of Elijah Muhammad, the fountainhead out of which the nation of Islam as we know it today flows. We will look at the book entitled Message to the Black Man in America. Copyright 1965 by Elijah Muhammad. And I'm out of time. Well, saints, I know this is getting interesting and this is the end of that segment. I will continue this episode next weekend. I know you guys want to hear this and you will be shocked. Now, I have all the books that Fred Price is talking about because remember, I am I consider myself a Bible scholar and with a PhD or a doctorate in uh, theology. And I have all the necessary study books. I can look up anything. So I know exactly what Fred Price is talking about. And Fred Price is very detail-oriented, and he will share with you every single thing he studied. And I'm telling you, you are going to be shocked at some of the things you are going to hear. So with that said, saints, I want you to walk in love. Because remember, Christianity is about Jesus. It is not about Christians. Not at all. So if you see someone professing to be a Christian just living out there in open sin... You need to focus on Jesus, not that individual, because you got to remember, not everybody claiming Jesus is saved. Jesus said a tree is known by its fruit. And one thing all Christians should do is walk in love, not support sin, uh, not hang out with people who are living in open sin, and not praising sin. Don't get involved in the things of this world. And as it relates to what's going on in our government, let me tell you something, because people are reaching out to me, asking me things. Let me tell you this. Judgment Day is not here yet. And God did not institute government to handpick certain sins that people are, are to live by or can't live by. God has nothing to do with any of that. Now, uh, in reference to this abortion thing, I personally wouldn't have an abortion. But I want you to hear this and hear this good. I also won't sleep with anybody I'm not married to. And uh, definitely, uh, God doesn't want you to carry anything in your stomach uh, that was a result of rape or incest. And I am not for or against abortion. I can care less about it because the, what the world needs now is Jesus. And they are not getting enough of Jesus. We have people proclaiming to be Christians, promoting themselves. They are not promoting salvation through Christ. We need to promote Christ. 
and all everything else will fall into place. We just need to promote Christ and him crucified. Lead people to the Savior so that they can be born again. So with that said, saints, look, walk in love. And one thing I can tell you, love is in my heart for everybody. It is my will that every man be saved because that is God's will. But unfortunately, every man will not be saved. And that is so unfortunate. And we have to stop just uh, caring about ourselves. You know, our family, Joe, our four and no more. No, we need to start caring about the salvation of man. And as long as I am breathing, with everything I have been going through, with the devil attacking me left and right, yet I always lean on this scripture, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver him out of them all. And so far, God has delivered me out of them all. And let me tell you, the Satan, this message is for you. You can keep testing me all you want, but my faith will never break as it relates to Jesus Christ and what he did on that cross and as it relates to the true and living God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So saints, y'all walk in love and stay away from these worldly events. God doesn't want any of his people involved in that. That's a mess that Satan and his people are fighting against one another. You stay out of it. So until next time, walk in peace. I hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this message, you can contact us by emailing talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. If you would like to sow a seed in this growing ministry, you may access the front page on the podcast you are listening to and click on the support button. Or you can cash out the ministry at dollar sign Dr. Kamala D. That is at dollar sign capital D lowercase r capital C lowercase A-M-A-L-E capital D and donate any amount. And remember, God loves a cheerful giver, and so do we. So until next time, believers, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not the word of man. We walk by faith and not by what we see. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D., serving you with Christ Jesus, our Lord, in peace and love. I thank each of you for tuning in, and I hope to hear from you soon. Peace out. Still stay.